Time for us to bring in our first guest this morning. Fiona Sincata is joining us. She's uh, with us from City Index. Fiona, it's good to have you back. We just had a look at, uh, well, the indices and what appears to be a bit of a holding pattern as we await the job support this morning. What are your expectations headed into uh, this, morning non this morning's non-farm payrolls? Okay, so we're expecting to see that consensus estimate numbers hit at around 270,000 uh, jobs created. So that's down, as you said, from 390,000 in May. And it's also down from the um, previous month in April when it was 436,000. So, you know, we're seeing this will be the third straight month where we're seeing declines. Again, it's not going to be massively concerning, but there is sort of this trend that's forming that's just going to be watched very closely. But I think perhaps the key point about this month's release is it's not going to be the key focus this month. I think, you know, jobs aren't showing any sort of massively concerning signs right now. And the focus is so, so intent on inflation. That's where we're seeing sort of the focus. So even um, if, you know, wage um, expectations just tick up slightly from around that 5.2% level, level, and also um, unemployment, we're expecting to hold steady at 3.6%. So, you know, this isn't going to be the report, I don't think, which is going to give the market that sort of directional spur that it's looking for. It would really take a terrible report mm. for the market to sort of reprice Federal Reserve rate hike expectations. I have to agree in terms of uh, the focus being on the inflation and that being the case again uh, it seems like we always have this forward focus when the Fed minutes are coming out we're talking about the jobs report and as the jobs report is coming out we're talking CPI and PPI next week so uh, but let's talk a little bit about are there specific sectors to watch here in terms of the jobs and potentially the numbers slowing I mean we've been watching the weekly high frequency data which is again in line with that trend that you were talking about upticking ever so slightly nothing to be too concerned about but manufacturing has been slowing service sector for example like airlines i mean they need to fill gaps that's right they do there are going to be sort of i think distinct differences between sectors as you said sort of manufacturing we might see things slowing down slightly as far as airlines are concerned even other parts of the service sector we still might see sort of you know gaining um, but the, I think the tech sector as well is going to be an area which um, investors are going to really be focused on to see what's happening there. We know sort of that job losses have been ticking up um, anecdotally as well in that area. So that's going to be one to focus on. Um, but overall, we've seen that the, the jobless claims, initial jobless claims, that data has just ticked higher. You know, it's mm -hmm. around that six month high. But then we look at the JOLTS report and there's still 11, yeah. you know, 11.2 yeah. million yeah. completely. Yeah. So, you know, there, there, there are still some mixed pictures coming through. There are, when we look at sort of the narratives behind that, there are sort of, you know, the, the, the longer term issues of perhaps suitable, trouble finding suitable candidates to fill um, the, the positions. And also we might just see that sort of those recession fears and interest rate hike fears coming in and just pulling the numbers down slightly. You know, in some ways, as you mentioned that, I'm thinking the participation rate could be key today, considering as some people have multiple job offers maybe that are out there, these positions that have yet to be filled, but now with inflationary pressures coming on, maybe they're going to have to take one of those offers that are on the table, basically. Let's talk uh, again. We mentioned the Fed minutes briefly this week. They seem to solidify expectations for a 75 basis point rate hike later this month. Last time we spoke, you said a three-quarter point hike was appropriate for the June meeting. Is that still the case? Is 75 appropriate? for the upcoming July meeting? 
Yes, I think that's what we're expecting. In fact, I think it would be quite surprised for it to be anything lower right now. You know, it's pretty much it's, the market's priced it in at 94% at the moment. So it's almost a case of, well, you might as well go for it if the market's expecting it again. You know, that's what we saw before. Um, and also, you know, I do think as we, we see that inflation is remaining high, it's still it, we're looking ahead, as I said, to see that inflation data next week. Mm -hmm. That's expected to remain elevated. The job sector is expected to remain solid. So there doesn't seem to be any real reason coming through in the data why the Fed shouldn't go for that 75 basis point rate hike um, Noted. this month. Uh, you have Waller supporting it. Uh, yesterday, comments uh, along the lines of how 75 in July would be acceptable, 50 in September, and then kind of debate things down the road after that. Bullard also said 75 was uh, uh, acceptable. And he seemed a little bit concerned about inflation coming unmoored, as he put it, uh, like we saw back in the 70s. Uh, in terms of the U.S. dollar this week, uh, we've seen some strength, a uh, nice move up to the 107 handle level, no rejection of those upper levels as of yet. But, uh, you know, the euro, it seems to be where much of that strength is stemming from the weakness we've seen there. Uh, again, we've seen, uh, well, even rates easing some recently here in the U.S., the dollar-euro parity seems to be more and more likely something the ECB might have to deal with here in the near future. Yes, that's right. So, you know, the strength in the dollar is really coming from two key areas. You've got the sort of the hawkish Fed expectations, but then you've also got those sort of safe haven flows coming in because there are some growing concerns over the economic situation in Europe and the UK, I'll add in there as well. You know, if we look at Europe, the sell-off in the euro is coming as those recession fears are growing. Also, energy security is becoming a very concerning issue as mm -hmm. well, you know, with, with as far as gas prices are concerned and gas supply from Russia. There are big questions over what's going to happen there as we head towards the autumn and into winter as well. And then on top of all of those concerns, you've got the ECB who are about to start hiking rates. So it looks like they're going to be trying to start to hike rates just as the Eurozone is heading into a very difficult and deteriorating situation. Um, and, you know, with a recession in Europe, much more likely than a recession in the US at the moment. So I think that divergence between sort of the economic outlook before, but between uh, Europe and the US is really going to sort of strengthen that case for parity. Uh, you mentioned the euro, uh, the weakness. We're looking at it here, actually, down to 101. How about the pound also this week coming off in continuation of that pattern, downside momentum we've been seeing there. Boris Johnson uh, resigning, but now it seems like they're trying to speed up uh, his uh, relinquish of power, essentially. Uh, some kicking up of some dust over there, to say the least. Yes, completely. And I mean, all this is weighing on the pound, which have a very weak outlook anyway. So we've had Boris Johnson finally give up the or step down or say he will resign and has resigned. But the, the problem that we're seeing now is that there's going to be this limbo between now and when the next uh, leader is chosen. So this is going to take a couple of weeks, if not a couple of months, hmm. before we see sort of the next leader chosen. But on top of all that, so we've got this continued political uncertainty, but then you've also got the concerns about the, the cost of living uh, crisis, the inflation which continues to surge in the UK, and the deteriorating economic outlook tie into that Brexit problem. And I really don't see any reason to be buying the pound right now. Fiona, what is the process now? It sounds like everybody kind of throws their names in a hat and they sort of dwindle it down or narrow it down to two. 
Yes, that's correct. So they all sort of throw their names into the hat. It gets voted down uh, and that's how the process goes. But again, you know, it can be quite a lengthy process. And I think that's going to be the biggest concern for the pound. And also, I mean, it's still very, very early days now to be sort of deciding who's going to be actually picked out as the winner. I think perhaps the most important, one of the most important um, points of the person that does get chosen will be their stance on Brexit. We know that Brexit has become um, really quite a mess. It's weighed down the pound and we've got deteriorating relations with the EU. So I think the, the person who does manage to, to win the contest, their focus or their take on where Brexit should be going um, will be key. Fiona, appreciate you joining us here to uh, get our noses pointed in the right direction ahead of this job support here today and discuss currency markets and some of the strength we've seen in the U.S. dollar. Fiona Sincata, thanks again. Senior financial market analyst at City Index.